It's time for a Swedish Fika with some Swedish fun facts with your host, Pixel Pia. Although I have lived here for 22 years now, and here is in the US, there are still food that I really miss from Sweden. Food that is hard to get here, and if I really want it, I have to cook it myself. Hey San, hey, I am Pixel Pia, and you are welcome to my podcast, A Swedish Fika. Today, I want to talk about food. Food that I miss from Sweden. But I also want to talk about some things that I have learned to love here in the US and some things we have both in Sweden and here in the US, but that are different between the two countries. So if you like food and are curious about some of the things that is hard to get that are typical Swedish here in the US, this is the podcast for you. But before we start, let me tell you a little bit about my first experiences here in the US. First of all, I felt that all food over here was very blend and didn't have much taste to it. And the reason for that is that the food I was used to back in Sweden used so much more salt. Today, I have learned to appreciate the food I eat over here, and I am actually glad that I have cut down on the salt consumption, except for one thing, and that is my salt licorice candy. It is easier today to get a hold on of here in the US. There are many places online where I can order it, but when I first moved here, my family used to send me boxes with salt licorice candy because that was the thing I missed the most. Another thing is that I moved into a family that was a restaurant family. So we don't cook at home very often, with one exception, my brother-in-law who loves to cook and cooks for all the holidays. But besides that, we are mostly a restaurant family and we eat out every day for lunch. We are not much for home cooking. And as I said, some of the dishes I talk about today, the only way for me to get them is if I cook them myself. So now let's talk about what it is I miss. And the first thing is called tunnbrödsrulle. If I translate it, it means thin bread roll. But that doesn't say anything about what it is. And the the thing with tumbrödsrulle is that I know other Swedes that lives here in the US that also talk now and then about tumbrödsrulle. So what is it? Well, first of all, in Sweden we have something called korvkiosk. It's a hot dog stand, but it is more of a food truck, but it is permanent. They are small little buildings where they sell hot dogs, burgers, and things like that. Usually they don't have any seating. You just go up to the window and order your food. And that's where you can buy a tunnbrödsrulle. You start with a Swedish flatbread, a tunnbröd. And that is really hard to get here. 
you can get some kind of tumbra, but it's never the real kind. So if I was to make one, I had to start by baking the bread myself if it was to be genuine. So that tumbra, you put a little butter on it. Then you put some mashed potatoes, a couple of hot dogs, and that's a preference if you want them to be grilled or if you prefer the boiled version that is more of a wiener dog. I like the wiener dog version. And then all depending on your taste, you can put cucumbers, you can put ketchup, you can put other condiments in there. I only put one thing and that is rack salad, shrimp salad. This is a creamy salad made with creams and shrimp and a lot of ingredients in it. So it's thick and creamy. So my tumbrödsrulle is the bread, the mashed potatoes, usually two wiener dogs, and then räk salad, shrimp salad. Then you roll it together like a huge burrito. And you hold it like that and eat from it. Usually you get a fork too to get all the goodies out. But that is probably the thing I have missed the most lately. And I have talked to my American family about it several times. I said, one day I have to make a tumbrödsrulle. So if you ever go to Sweden, find a korvkiosk. And order yourself a tunnbrödsrulle. I promise you, you will love it. And talking about shrimp salad, the second thing I miss a lot is räksmurgos, a shrimp sandwich. You can choose your favorite kind of bread. On that bread, you put hard-boiled eggs that are sliced. You can put a little mayo on them. You put some lettuce, some tomatoes, and a huge mountain of peeled shrimp. On top, you usually put a slice of cucumber and a slice of lemon that you make a little cut in so you can twist them. The next meal I miss is Flygande Jakob. And this will sound very strange to you. Flygande Jakob, or translated Flying Jacob, is a dish invented in Sweden. It's like a casserole. It starts with rice that you put in a casserole pan at the bottom. Then you have cooked chicken that you cut in little pieces and put on top of the rice. Then you have bananas that you slice and put the slices on top of the chicken. On top of that, you make a sauce. Usually I use thick cream that I whisked a little bit so it got a little thick and mix that with chili ketchup to make a sauce. You pour that sauce over all the goodies you have in your pan. And then on top of that, you put salted peanuts. You bake it in the oven. And while that bakes, you prepare bacon. Crispy bacon cut in little pieces. And when the dish comes out, you sprinkle all this bacon on top of it. That is 
flygande Jakob in Swedish. Those are the three main courses that I miss a lot. There are two other parts of a meal that I miss a lot. And one is the Swedish Christmas ham. I talked a lot about Swedish Christmas food in my Christmas episode. I will just mention it here today. But the Swedish Christmas ham is a salt-cured, nut-smoked ham that you bake, either bake in the oven or cook on top of your stove until it's ready. Then you put a mix of egg yolks, mustard, and brown sugar that you paint on top of your whole ham. And then you had breadcrumbs. And if you want to be really Christmassy, you can mix regular breadcrumbs with crumbed gingerbread cookies. And you spread that on top of the egg mixture you have. And just put it in the oven for 10-15 minutes for that to bake a little bit. The ham is usually eaten cold as part of the Christmas smörgåsbord. The other thing that's seasonal that I miss is called matches sill. This is a soast herring, which is raw herring that is sauced in vinegar and other stuff to preserve it. And this is typical for midsummer. But this is eaten cut in little pieces with gräddfil, which is sour cream, but a little different than the sour cream we have here in the U.S. It's a little thinner and not as sour. It's a little sweeter in the taste. So you eat this matcha seal with boiled potatoes, usually fresh, the first potatoes of the summer. Sour cream and chives that you have cut in tiny little pieces. This is a delicious summer part of a meal. Then we have a whole bunch of ingredients or part of a meal that I miss. And let's start with breakfast. I really miss filmjölk. Filmjölk is fermented milk. It is Almost like yogurt, without any berries or anything. It's the natural fermented milk. The difference between yogurt and filmjölk is that when you ferment yogurt, you heat the milk to do this process. Filmjölk is fermented in room temperature. It's a little thinner than yogurt and it is less sour again. The same difference as between gräddfil and sour cream is between filmjölk and yogurt. I used to eat filmjölk as my breakfast with cereal or with berries or something else sweet to put in it and I really miss my filmjölk. Another thing I miss is Knäckebröd. Knäckebröd is a Swedish crisp bread and we eat it as a sandwich. I love a knäckebröd sandwich. You put a little butter on it and for Christmas you put a slice of your Christmas ham and maybe some applesauce on top of that. That is delicious. 
or you can have knäckebröd with hard-boiled eggs that you slice and then top that with the next thing that I miss, which is Kalles caviar. Kalles caviar comes in a tube. It should be refrigerated and it is made out of cod roe. It's salted cod roe mixed with sugar, canola oil and spices. And it's thick in its consistent, slightly red, almost pink. And you buy the, them in a tube, as I said, and on top of your knäckebröd sandwich and your sliced eggs, you put the kalles caviar. And that is something I sometimes really really miss. I can almost today feel the taste of a knäckebröd sandwich with egg and kalles caviar just by talking about it. And talking about condiments, did you know that in Sweden you buy a lot of things, food in tubes? One thing you can buy in tubes is mayo. And one thing I miss is that you can buy flavored mayo. You can buy garlic mayo, lemon mayo, a lot of different flavored mayo. And I miss that. And I also miss Bearnaise sauce. That is very common in Sweden. And I personally have a very strange habit of making Bearnaise sauce and put it on top of my pasta. I know that is not common in Sweden. I don't know where I got it from. But that was something we often did when I went to college. You had not much to eat. You bought pasta and you bought the bayonet sauce as a powder in a little bag. And you just melted some butter, put the bayonet sauce package in there. And I think it was milk or water. I'm not sure what we added. And then we just poured that over our pasta. Delicious. But bayonet sauce is not that common here in the U.S. But as I said, there are also things that I wasn't familiar with when I moved to the U.S. that I really appreciate now. One of those things is the turkey that we have on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. On Christmas, I still prefer the Swedish ham. But for Thanksgiving, I really enjoy the turkey and the green bean casserole. Those are two holiday parts of a meal that I really, really have come to love. Another thing that I have started to appreciate that I don't eat that often, but that I like is the mac and cheese. And that is probably the closest I would get to my favorite mac and bayonet sauce. If you replace the cheese in mac and cheese with bayonet sauce instead, you would get something similar. So mac and cheese is something we never had in Sweden that I really appreciate over here. Another thing I love is hoagies, or as they call them in some places, subways. That wasn't something we 
adopted very often in Sweden. Maybe you can say that a hoagie is the U.S. equivalent to a tumbrödsrulle in Sweden. A hoagie is, depending on what you like, but you can fill it with any meat, any cheese, any vegetables you want. And it's really, really good. One thing that you do with your hoagie here that I have learned to appreciate that we never did in Sweden was to use mayo for our sandwiches, not just for a hoagie. Today, if I want to make an egg sandwich like the Reksmurgos I talked about, I wouldn't put butter on it. I would put mayo where we in Sweden use butter instead. So that's another thing I have learned to appreciate, to use mayo as part of my sandwich. And I would really, really be happy if I would get garlic mayo or lemon mayo to use when I create a sandwich. There are... Three things that we have both in Sweden and the U.S. but are different in the two countries. One is how we eat meatballs. Meatballs is very often here served the, I guess, Italian way. Bigger meatballs with pasta and tomato sauce. Well, when you talk about Swedish meatballs, first of all, the Swedish meatballs are made out of a mix of beef, and pork. They are usually smaller in size and a real Swedish meatball dinner is served with a cream sauce, cooked potato or maybe mashed potatoes and lingonberries. I love them both and meatballs, Swedish meatballs is actually something I have made over here from time to time. The second thing we have in both countries that are different is Lasagna. Here it is usually made using ricotta cheese. While in Sweden we don't use the ricotta, instead we make a white sauce, a bechamel sauce. And when layering it on the layers where you put ricotta cheese here, we would put the bechamel sauce. Not a big difference, but it makes a different result. The Third thing that is different is pancakes. What you call pancakes here, if I would like that in Sweden, I have to call it American pancakes because our pancakes is called crepes over here. They are thin, no baking powder in our pancake mixture, so we make them thin and it is not a breakfast food in Sweden. It's very different how we use pancakes in the two countries. As a kid, I loved when we had pancakes for dinner, which was a favorite. Normally, we ate them with lingonberries or some other kind of jam. Oh my, now I am actually getting a little hungry. I hope you found this interesting. It was a very non-serious topic today. But in my next episode, we will be a little bit more serious. We will talk about censorship and freedom of speech in 
Sweden. And if that is something you're interested in, I suggest that you subscribe and that you come back next week. Until then, as we say in Sweden, hej då! You can keep up with everything from a Swedish fika on a swedishfika.com or on Facebook or Instagram as a Swedish fika. And you can reach Pixelpia at pixelpia at a swedishfika.com.